the official podcast of Somos Unidos News and your source for the latest news on New Mexico United. My name, of course, is Seth, and joining me tonight, we've got Earl and Jacob, and we're going to talk some New Mexico United. It is the offseason. It's been two weeks since we last podcasted, and there is some news. Uh, not a whole lot really to get into. There is some. We've got roster signings. We've got a new program that New Mexico United has, been, has become a founding member of. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. This is, of course, episode number 25 of our show. We've been doing this for 25 shows now. Uh, we are super excited to be able to continue to do this uh, here through the off season, And things are going to, we think, are going to pick up here pretty soon. So um, we're going to jump into our show here. Uh, normally I'd talk about our written content, but we don't have anything new right now. We're still working on, on getting some stuff out. This is off season. There's not a whole lot going on. So burning question of the night, Jacob and Earl, do you have a favorite sunflower seed flavor? <laughs> sunflower seed? Yeah. Sunflower seed flavor. Yeah. That's yeah. my favorite flavor. It's just straight up. Okay. Salty. <laughs> <laughs> There's these really good ones called Chinook. And they're um, hatch green chili. Hmm. I've never heard of those. They're really. I've heard of the Chinook brand. I've never. I haven't seen the hatch green chili flavor though. Yeah, Chinook has a hatch green chili, and they're good for the first mouthful because I don't sit there and eat one at a time. I throw a whole mouthful in like a normal human, and I instantly regret it sometimes. Hmm. Where Where do you get those? Or like I've never seen those anywhere. Where can I get them? You see, I don't do the shopping around my house. My wife does. And once in a while, she's me with things like Chinook sunflower seeds. So I honestly couldn't tell you where she got them from. Okay. Yeah, Aaron buys me like a case at a time uh, occasionally. And so uh, over there in my case right now, well, the case itself is was basically just basic sunflower seed. Now, I'm personally a fan of like the ranch flavored sunflower seeds. Uh, those are really good. And then like, I've been eating these, uh, these dill pickle flavored, yeah. like those, like after like the first handful or two, I was just like, all right, I put those away for a little while, but like, I got a rant, a bag of ranch sunflower seeds. I'll go through in like two days, three days, something like that. So yeah, I just, I, they're sitting right here in front of me. I thought I'd ask you guys, cause I know people, people like to try different flavors of stuff. So see, I'm not like sunflower seeds. Just give me sunflower seeds. I, if I wanted something that tastes like ranch, I would have a salad. Didn't remember. So, uh, so you're admitting you eat salads on this show? I mean, we're three red-blooded American males. Why are we eating salads? <laughs> I like salads. Oh, you eat vegetables? Oh, vegetables. Sometimes. No, I mean, I probably eat the least amount of vegetables out of the three of us. I'm not going to lie, but I will occasionally Lies. do a grilled chicken salad. <laughs> Lies. My wife will make vegetables, and I will eat everything but the vegetables. She'll make me my plate, and I will eat everything around my plate. What the freaking vegetable that you put on there? That sounds like my five-year-old. Do you eat any vegetables? No. Oh, you're going to die so young, Earl. I know. That's why I feel like I'm 40 already. Probably. Do, uh, do vegetables on hamburgers count? Yeah. Yeah. Vegetables are vegetables where if you eat them on a hamburger, in a smoothie, just by themselves, cooked raw, whatever, as long as you're getting them. I don't eat vegetables on hamburgers either. There's no lettuce. There's no tomatoes. Well, I guess there's pickles, but everything yeah. else is no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to laugh about that. It's just because we struggle with getting our five-year-old to eat vegetables. Like he'll, eat, like he'll eat raw carrots, and that's about it. But like you give him anything else, he just he won't touch it. Like you, you can take broccoli and smother it in cheese and put it on his plate, and he won't, he won't touch it. He won't bother with it. Seth, we forget that Earl is still a baby. So he will eventually grow up and eat at least some vegetables. Nope. Nope. You're going to need it eventually for that fiber content there, you know. Yeah, you got to poop. Uh, that's why you take um, Benefiber? <laughs> Mucinix? Or no, 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 not Mucinix. Metamucil. <laughs> <laughs> got, got, them back, got them mixed up there. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us here on our show. If you are uh, live here on Twitch tonight, <laughs> we are uh, we've gone from talking about Among Us to talking up uh, eating our vegetables and uh, needing to go number two. So um, <laughs> we appreciate each and every one of you being here. It's uh, I love this podcast. 
it's been a long two weeks and we we've been and basically basically been in lockdown again uh and i don't see it lifting anytime so honestly i haven't looked at the map i don't know if Leo county has improved i don't think it has um Burnley county's gonna no. be red for a year <laughs> probably um yeah it's just it's crazy like we're still dealing with all this stuff, that kind of stuff and uh you know some of you know I do cover uh, University of Mexico men's basketball team. They have yet to play a game yet this year. Um, it's may, it looks like it's looking like it may still be another week or two if they even get to play. Uh, women's basketball hasn't started. NMSU has uh, has shut down their facilities, uh, their their teams for at least a few days. It's just it's been a long two weeks. I think we've been, been all been in need of some good news. And on our last episode, we talked about the first basically the first round of uh, of re-signings. Uh, and, and newly and still remaining under contract for players that came back to the club. Uh, we've had some new signings this over the past two weeks. Uh, if I miss one, guys, please correct me. So Justin Schmidt is back. Josh Suggs is back. Juan Pablo Guzman, Earl's favorite, is back. Uh, we've got uh, Austin Yearwood coming back. We have Daniel Bruce coming back. It's been uh, – did I miss anybody? I think that might have been it. Hamilton. Sam Hamilton, he was the newest one, wasn't he? Yeah, he was yesterday or today. Today? Today, today yeah. Today, and yeah. I'm not sure when, uh, when Mondo was resigned, but I think it was within those two weeks. Yes, it was. It was it was since we since we last podcast. And then uh did you say Yearwood? Yeah, I said Austin. Austin's coming back year three. Austin Suggs. So I have Schmano Yearwood J O G. Um, Brucey, Hamilton, and Suggsy. Sounds about right. Yeah, so we've, we've seen a new another forward come back. We've seen a couple midfielders. Well, if you can call JPG a midfielder at this point, we've seen the, the, <laughs> the, the heat, defensive line. The hate has to stop, guys. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to play into Earl's uh, hot takes here. <laughs> like, I get it. I get it. He's not my favorite either. He's still, he is still a New Mexico United player. He has right. been with us for now coming into the third year. We have to love him. You have to love him. You don't have to like him. You have to, it's, it's kind of like your kids. Like you always love them, <laughs> but every once in a while, you just want to smack them upside the head because you can't stand them. So it's, it's, it's very similar to that. Like it's very, very similar, but no, Earl over here, it, Earl over here is in the text thread, hoping he steps on Legos, which is, and that's like, oh, like the seventh layer of hell. <laughs> that's what I need to do in in, in jails. Just fill the, <laughs> just, fill the, but fill the it's not, the jail cells with Legos. And it's just not make people walk around on them. Like if you walk on multiple Legos, it's not near as bad. It's that one Lego that sneaks up on you in the middle of the night, and you're just like, oh, son of a. It, it's either that or I see. I, me and my wife had this argument: is a Lego worse than a goat head? Yes. No. No. See, I don't know. I, it's this is like hot dog is a hot dog a sandwich all over again. Like I don't know. Like Earl, get a, Earl, get a get a Earl, get a pole going. Get a pole going. <laughs> is stepping on a Lego or a goat head worse? And people there we go. will know for sure what we're talking about. People ever everywhere else might be like, "What the hell is a goat head? What's a goat <laughs> head doing?" But that that is our uh, Facebook poll tonight. What is worse to step on, a Lego or a goat head? And for those, if you're in the chat and you're not from the Mexico, if you don't know what a goat head is, I'm gonna see if I can find a picture of one. I actually don't know like what the like the the, the fauna name of it is, but these are these most god awful things in the world to step on. See if Seth can get a picture, but I'll try to explain it. So basically, what it is 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 like a solid core that they're about the size of a raisin, maybe a little bit smaller, like a pea. And and they can vary a little bit, but they basically have three super sharp, super strong points on them that if you step on them, I got one in my finger the other day and it went about a quarter inch into my freaking flesh and it sucked. So for the listeners to explain it a lot easier, imagine like they, a bull skull all skinned and it's just a bull skull. That's exactly what a goat head looks like. Only a lot, lot smaller. Or, or to dumb it down oh. even more, picture a goat head, <laughs> like a goat's head. Exactly. And then, and then strip away all the flesh, and make the horns and the jaw 
really, really freaking pointy. Yes, those little bastards right there. Yes, that is them. And they are <laughs> extremely, extremely painful. Are you going to play this video? Is it a video or is it just a picture? I guess it's just a picture. But yeah, yeah. So goat heads, goat heads are Legos. It's it's one or the other, and they're yeah. both extremely painful. When I lived down in Bosky Farms, uh, the property that I lived on hadn't been taken care of in, in years. It was the property of, of an older lady, and so I, I've started like taking care of it. And if you any, if you walk anywhere basically in New Mexico, you're gonna get these things stuck in your in your shoes. The by the time I moved out of this lady's house. The bottoms of my shoes were so filled with holes from these things. Mm-hmm. Like if I stepped in any sort of puddle, like it would just like <laughs> soak up water through the shoe. It was just awful. But yeah, I, I have like I have been religiously uh, trying to uh, get my yard free of these things. Good luck. And oh man, like then so. They've actually been okay. Like I've been doing okay for the past couple of years. Like they've been gone, basically gone for two years, and now all of a sudden they've started coming back up again this year. And I don't know what what is causing that. I don't know. So if anyone has any tips, if you're in New Mexico, we got a little derailed. If you have any tips on getting rid of goat heads, please email us, <laughs> and uh, we'll put those to, to good use. I think I think honestly, I just need to like go out and burn them out, just like ivy from back east. Which just grows everywhere and out of control. So maybe that's the the best thing to do. I don't know. But anyway. So I got a, I got a question for you guys. We'll okay. Get, we'll get kind of back on topic here. So since we last spoke, out of the signings that have happened, who who to you is is the most important one that we brought back? And just to reiterate, it was Hamilton, Bruce, Guzman, Suggs, Yearwood, Mondo, and Schmidt. Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Earl. Okay. Uh, I have a tie between two. Can I guess? Sure. Juan Pablo. <laughs> Juan Pablo or Brucey. God, I hate you so much. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It, Mondo or Suggs? Okay, you got one. So Mondo and Schmitty. Schmitty. Ah, okay. I am super, super excited to see Schmitty. Once again, and I can't wait to see what he and Kaylin can do on the back line. And just, I'm excited for those two. And Mondo is important because obviously with Bees coming back, someone has four goals. Seth? So I had Schmitty as an important, you know, re-signing for one one reason in particular. And that's because he spent all of last season injured. Mm-hmm. it's important for him to get back on the pitch and show that he can still contribute whether or not it's in a, in like a, a platoon type role coming on for somebody or whether it's a every match starter. Um, it's important for him uh, professionally to get back out there. So I think um, it, th- from that perspective, Justin is one of the, one of the more important signings, but in terms of actual like uh, club continuity what Troy wants to do on the pitch. I think uh, Mondo is probably the biggest of them. Um, simply put, I mean, you, you've got to have someone creating options uh, who has an eye for goal and can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, now, I, I love all of these signings for, for one reason or another. I love all of them coming back. I think they all fit in really well. They know Troy's system. And the more guys you have coming back, the better, the more knowledgeable they're going to be about how to run what Troy wants to do, and the less basically like instructional time, the best, less fill-in time you have to do in order to get get new guys up to speed. Mm-hmm. So, with Schmidt, I I was happy that he came back. I mean, I his my my kit from the first from the inaugural season has Schmidt's name on the back. Um, I love Schmidt. I love. Um, I I love everything about him off of the pitch. On the pitch that first year, I had question marks. And then, of course, the second year he was out, except for the first game, I think, uh, we decided. Yeah, because he took that penalty against Austin, as, and that was their only goal. So um, on on the pitch now, especially after the success that the back line had 
um, this last season playing in that three, what was it? A three, five, two, I don't know what, what I forgot now, but in that formation, in that, in that formation where we had the, just the three in the back and Kalen obviously being in the middle of those back three, where does Schmitty fit in, in that? Like, do you see, I know, I know that when you have the back three, when we had the back three, the two, whether it was Austin or Najim or, well, Najim kind of bounced around, but Austin, Sam, those guys that kind of played on the outside of, of Kalen, they didn't push up too much, but is, is that a role that you see Schmitty being good in? Like, can he, can he play in that formation? Because I always look at him as a middle two in a four four two or in a in a back four, so how is how is how is he how is he going to fit in with that formation when we had so much success with that formation this this last year? So what I see is Kalen falling up and assisting midfield and sometimes falling super up and assisting striker um, or forwards. Um, that's how, that's what I see coming this season is Kalen and Suggsy pushing pushing up more um, with Schmitty and Austin depending on how far how deep we go on the back line um, with Schmitty and Austin obviously holding down the back. See, I hate that. Like that sounds terrible to me because Kalen almost single handedly was the reason why we had three more sh- clean sheets and half the amount of games like him being in that back line and being that anchor back there was what made the defense so good in my opinion. So, so you would you wouldn't take a back line of, of Schmitty, Kalen, Austin. I think I would. I just, I haven't seen that on the pitch. So I, I want to see that and see how Schmitty does on one of the sides. Um, and I think he'd be fine. It's just in my head because part of this is probably because I'm new to soccer to an extent. Um, seeing somebody not where they were when I first saw them is kind of hard for me to imagine. So that's kind of why I was asking you guys who have kind of been in this a little bit more. If Schmitty is in that Tete or Sam Hamilton role playing opposite Austin, is that something Schmitty can handle in your guys' opinion? Yeah. All right. The thing about the, about the three, five, two is that those outside center backs, they're not pushing up the pitch, right? They're really not like they'll, they'll push up to maybe midfield three quarter, but they're not going forward. They're not in the attack. And so you're not going to be trying to rely on Justin's legs, you know, like you would Josh's. I mean, Josh is so much better at getting forward. And that's why in the, in the three, five, two, like we saw this year, you saw just, you saw Josh on the left and he would drop back as an extra defender when necessary, but he was also going forward as an attacker. Same with Brucey on the right. So yeah, you're not going to have, you're not going to have Justin trying to push up and create in the midfield or up Mm -hmm. and even in the attacking third, you're going to have him basically solely for that defensive effort, you know, tracking back and working as that, as that three man walls, you know, anchoring down the center of the box. Right. So he he can absolutely do that. I, I, I guess I worry about him. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think he can do it. I think it's fine. I just have a hard time picturing it in my head. Um, him not being a middle two in a four back four person back line. So, um, I, needless to say, my he wasn't my biggest signing because of the, that thought process. Um, Amondo is, I think, obviously, um, offensively the biggest person that we the, the biggest impact that we're bringing back there. Um, I do think we need to have a little bit more around him up front. Um, losing Weehan, um, losing Parks, kind of only having Dev as our only true number nine up there, and then losing David on the wing. I, I think losing David on the wing, uh, I, I don't know if that happened since our last podcast or what it was, but... It did, um, yeah. I okay, forgot so, about that. So David Estrada uh, retired as far as putting on cleats every day for New Mexico United. My understanding is he still is going to be involved in the organization and doing projects in the community and working on making 
Albuquerque and New Mexico a better place. So uh, I'm super happy about that. But that kind of frees up Brucey to kind of move up and maybe move into more of a role that he was in that first year when we saw him so electric on the offensive side of the ball. So that excites me. But I think out of all of these that have happened since the last time we talked, the most important one or the one that I'm most excited about is Austin. Um, I will remember watching game one of New Mexico United, their very first game ever. And I had season tickets on what would be the right side of the back line um, when they were playing towards the outfield. And so Austin was right in front of me that whole first half, I think it was. And I was just like, dude, this dude is fantastic. I love this guy. Uh, and then he kind of had some injuries and kind of lost playing time because of it. And, you know, we had Manny and we had a lot of a lot of outside backs uh, that first year. So last year, him coming in and just locking down that side, he played the most minutes of any defender not named Kalen Ryden because Kalen Ryden, I'm pretty sure, is a cyborg. Um, and he just held it down back there and was, I thought, our best defender outside of Kalen by a mile. Like, it wasn't even really close. So I think that bringing him back is going to be more important to that back line than anybody else that we bring back back there other than Kalen. Touching on on, uh, David for a second, you mentioned that your understanding is that he's going to be staying with the club. And from his social media, it appears he's going to be as well in some capacity. Do you think he can step into a coaching mentor role for someone like Brucey? I think so. Even though he is now off the pitch? Or is he or do you think he's solely gonna focus on the community outreach stuff? Well, I I thought with him staying with the organization, from what I know about David is is um obviously community comes first for him and he he loves community work. I mean he was humanitarian of the year for I don't know how many years in a row in the USL. He was humanitarian of the year in the MLS. Um the dude is just just an absolute beast when it comes to um, doing good things for other people. But when I think about him, I also think of him with possibility of being a pretty good coach. So, so I definitely think that he will be somebody there for the younger guys, especially that play more of his position to be able to, for them to be able to bounce ideas off of and come to them with strategy and tips and this and that and, and him to go to them and be like, Hey, I saw this the last match. You might want to work on this or you did this really well or whatever. So, so I definitely think, I I think he's as much of an asset in his role now as he was as a player, to be completely honest. I thought he was a very good, he had a very good season last year. Um, He had that game against, I believe Monarchs where he had two assists um, and they were both fantastic passes. So um, I think he still had something left in the tank on the field, but what he brings to the club and the organization off the pitch, uh, both in a training role and in a, a community outreach role, I think far outweigh what he was doing on the pitch for us playing time wise. I would, I would love to see him do something with the height with the HPP. Yeah, I think he will. I think, I think that's pretty close to a shoe in there that he'll, he'll be involved in that at least some. Yeah. So instead of him taking on like, obviously first club role, um, first team role, I mean, if he were to step into the HPP and train the younger kids into obviously, one, bettering their soccer skills, and two, bettering their their human skills and teaching them yeah. how to be humanitarians before players, mm-hmm. uh, I can see that being kind of what Troy aims for with the club, too. Yeah, and that's... That's a good point there. I um I had thought about him with the HPP, but um, was also thinking about him with the first club. I, I think he can do both at least for a little while, just kind of be a guy that's just kind of around and helping out until he finds exactly what he wants to do and can focus on it full time. Speaking of potential uh, possibility of coaching, Daniel Bruce was mentioned in a recent article on USL Championship website uh, talking about the potential for uh, USL players to get their, I believe, USSF uh, C license. I could be wrong on the actual like a uh, 
the actual designation of that, but I believe they said there were 31 different players who are going to be going through a coaching course. Um, and I found it really interesting that Brucey was one of the ones uh, that was interested in doing this. Now he is a really young guy. I think Brucey's still what, 21, 22. Um, I'd have to look it up to, to know for sure. I don't, have, I don't have it off the top of my head, but um, what do you guys think about this? Do you think, I mean, obviously, this is a great thing for for the USL, for U.S. soccer to open up more pathways for players that want to go into coaching. He's 24, Seth. 24. OK, I, I knew he was a young guy, but uh, uh, I couldn't quite remember uh, how old he was. But could this be a sign that maybe he's either a looking to move on from like actively playing or could it just be Brucey looking for a, a pathway into his future? And do we see him taking on like a, a player? coach not not head coach a player coach type role within the club similar to what wayne rooney is doing over with derby county no what i see and i i could be wrong but what i could see any player wanting to get a coaching license for is to better their game to better the knowledge of what's going on in different positions being able to expand your knowledge on different positions and be able to jump in those roles if you're needed. Obviously it helps down the line knowing all those positions because then obviously you coach those different positions. But I think now, especially with Brucey being 24 years old, um, he's super excited to still be here in New Mexico. So I think him uh, getting that license would just better his his playing ability. Yeah. I'm kind of in between both of you guys. I, I, I don't, I, I didn't look too much into it. I don't think it really means a whole lot for the near future. Um, I think it's more just a long-term move for him um, to get that and, and be interested in it and use it to better his game now and to possibly look into a, a coaching role in the future. Well, I I know it probably doesn't necessarily mean I was trying to you know stir up a little controversy there, see if uh, you guys would take the bait on it, but you didn't. Well, I'm you surprised guys, by that. You guys thought he was leaving, so I could see where you would want him to be leaving for a different role, even if it's staying with the team. But I told you he'd be back, and because of that, I will get two beers from you, <laughs> preferably in a bar when all of this COVID crap is over. Yes, absolutely. And, and to you know, I didn't want him to leave. I thought he would. Because I think he's good enough to play at a different level. I think he's good enough to go back to the English system, go somewhere in Europe and play. I think he's good enough. I, I didn't think he would be back. I'm 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 stoked that he is. I'm super excited that Brucey's back. I love seeing Brucey play. He's a fantastic guy to talk to. Um, and so yeah, I just you know just thought I'd throw it out there, see if you guys would take any sort of bait on that. Um, I mean, I, I think it's fantastic. Like. Like, like we said, he's 24. He's looking at his future. He's saying, you know, showing an interest in coaching. And, you know, I think it's fantastic, you know, that he's that he's doing that. He's the only one mentioned on the list uh, from United that's doing it uh, of the 31 players. There are a number of Charleston Battery players, a number of Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, Aiden Quinn, who just signed with uh, Orange County, is, is on there. Um, see any other notable names on this list here? Uh, Aiden Quinn signed with Phoenix? He, um... From Orange County, you may be right. I don't remember. There was some. He signed with somebody. Uh, I'd have, have to look it up. I'm almost positive um, Phoenix. He, he was listed on this on this uh, article as being a member of Orange County. So. Well, that's where he was last year, and then I'm pretty sure he went to Phoenix this year. Uh, yeah, he did get to go to Phoenix. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it's fantastic that they're doing this. I mean, you you look at Europe, and you know players are able to get their coaching licenses uh, pretty quick, you know, in terms of uh, getting through the, getting through the, the, the courses and then being able to get, you know, and get the experience, you know uh, I mean, there are guys who are already, who just retired last year who are getting their coaching licenses. Wayne Rooney is coaching from on the pitch. So, yeah. um, you know, it, I, I think it's fantastic. So um, great move there for that. Uh no other signings. Um, no new signings yet. Uh, Jacob, I know that you were, uh, you're not happy about this. You're not happy about how the club is rolling them out. You're not, you're it's not happy. Enough, like, like there's, there's names out there, like uh, some names that we'll get to here in a little bit, but 
Um, one in particular who on Twitter had uh, Corey Herzog. He tweeted it and said, the first one to guess the kit and the jersey or and the number right uh, was going to get a signed kit from him. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That means it's probably going to be out in the next few days. And I haven't seen anything. It's been like four days, three or four days since he posted that. And I'm like, I, I just want to know where these guys are going. Like, there are names out there that like, we can talk about their roster a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm legit concerned to an extent about some of the roster holes that we have. And Herzog's one of the ones that I'm really interested to see if we get. And we're not going to know for another week probably uh, for any new signings. And it's, it's ridiculous. Like it's driving me nuts. I kind I think I told you it'd be December before we heard anything. I know, but that's <laughs> like, it's not how they did it last year and it's not how I wanted them to do it this year, but whatever. So, so they're, so they're not going to, before we get to new signings that I would like to see or them to announce, um, there are still, well, you know, we have one new Pokemon that we had to guess today or that, that it, they put out today anyways. Um, and, you know, there's only six names left that are, were on the roster last year that we don't know where they're at. They're kind of in limbo. So we know that six people are gone. We know that Weehan obviously went to Orange County. Muhammad um, went transferred to Oakland Roots. Um, Alenvi's gone. Parks is gone. Estrada retired. And Williams retired. So that, with the 10 that we have coming back already, means that Tenari, Najim, Sergei, Bajel, Bowery, and Mizell are the six that that we don't know where they're going, if they're coming back, when they're coming back, or whatever the case may be. And me and you kind of had an argument. We disagreed, at least, via text, or through the text group text earlier, about who we wanted the next one to be and who was more important for the next one to be. Yeah, so how first, dare you use all caps on me, Jacob? I'm disappointed in you. I used all caps? I did not use all caps, did I? No, you didn't. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, anyways, pause. Um, so, first of all, judging by the Pokemon, who is it going to be? Did you read the caption, by the way, that United put on there? That they've been dropping hints? And for those of you who I saw that, hint, yeah. I spent an hour after I saw that trying to figure things out. And I will say that like for the Juan Pablo Guzman one in the hashtag, they put one in a million. And for Yearwood, they put year three. So I could kind of see a few, but there's some that I have no idea what the, I don't know what the clue is. And right, I so what, are, what were the hashtags on tonight's? It was hashtag be champion. Hashtag excellence, hashtag in it to win, hashtag good vibes, and hashtag let's go. But so be champions, excellence, good vibes have all been used before. It's Najem. Why is it Najem? Well, wasn't he on the uh, champion rowdies? No, the champions, the Rowdies have never won a championship. I don't know. I, I, I'm convinced. Like you, you thought that we needed that they need to announce Tanari next. Now, I, I think a central midfielder is more important. Bringing back Tanari is more important than bringing back, than announcing a keeper right away. Like I'm not worried about a keeper because I think we have three starting caliber goalkeepers. That as long as they bring back two of them or even one of them. I'm not freaking out. If they don't bring back Tanari, then almost all of our new signings are going to have to be central midfielders because we can't go into the season with freaking Juan Pablo Guzman as our only central midfielder. Sam has played there before. Um, I also know that Schmidt has played there before, believe it or not. So we have some, some versatility there, but... 
I think you look at the 10 names that we have so far, and to me, Tanari is the most important one to come back that's of the ones left. Yeah, I still have to disagree. Like, I really think that at this point, we have to announce a keeper. Um, yes, we are still lacking in the midfield. Yes, we need some bodies in the midfield. We're going to need bodies in the midfield no matter what happens. But I think you've got to announce a you've got to announce a keeper. We have three who are who are or were under contract for last season. Uh, you know, we always Cody, Ben, and uh, Philip. I mean, Cody, we know, went on the trial with NYCFC last year. Now, NYCFC did also already sign somebody on short-term loan uh, or on loan, uh, another keeper, I believe, from Indy. So, I mean, that may be that option may be out for Cody this year. Um, but with how Cody performed and with how Ben performed, you've got to think there are other clubs looking at looking at these guys. Philip is an unknown quantity. We've seen him once in non-competitive play and replacing replacing one keeper of USL championship caliber caliber quality is hard enough. But if you don't have Cody or Ben come back, if you, if, if both those guys are leaving, you've got to sign someone. You've got to, you've got to have someone there. And so I think you've got to announce someone soon in that keeper role. Midfielders are going to come. Don't worry. They're, they're going to come. I mean, Troy has a plan, but I think there's, I think there may be some, some folks within the community saying, Hey, we've got to get a keeper signed. We've got to get an announcement about a keeper. Then that'll help them feel a little bit better about what's going to happen going into the 21 season. I'm not saying necessarily Tanari has to be the next one announced. I just think out of the six names left, Tanari is the most important one to me in bringing back. Are you saying that the goalkeeper needs to be next just to ease people's minds? Or, because I don't know, maybe it's just me thinking that there's no way they're not bringing back two of those three names at keeper. Like, I I, I don't care what they have to pay Mizell. I think he's, unless, unless he gets less money to go to a better, higher club like MLS or something else, then... I don't think he chooses to leave. I think he chooses to stay. He knows that he's like a freaking God among the New Mexico United fans. And he's getting to play every match, which it, it kind of depends on what he wants, what he prioritizes. So I, I think myself is coming back no matter what. I don't know about Tanari. And that's why I'm like, I really want them to announce Tanari because I think myself is coming back no matter what. Because I think... Personally, I think if Mizell wasn't going, wasn't coming back, he would have already announced somewhere that he was going. Like it, it would have already come out. I don't think he's weighing the market and seeing what happens. So I don't see Cody going anywhere because while you guys were talking, I've been doing a little, a little research over here. Um, the transfer window for the MLS has already closed. So if Cody were to sign with an MLS team, it wouldn't happen until the spring transfer window opens up, um, which is in July. And I I do think that some of those are tweaked right now with COVID. Right. This is MLS website um, where it says MLS revised 2020 transfer windows due to impact of COVID-19 on August 12th. Because I know that that the Indy 11 keeper to NYCFC just happened. But I think that that was a very short-term loan, and it was strictly because of NYCFC's run in CONCACAF, because CONCACAF is starting up um, the 22nd, I want to say. So that would be... Uh, Was NYC a playoff team this year? Uh, Yes. They were? Okay. Yes. Um, but this CONCACAF has NYCFC, Montreal, Seattle, LAFC, maybe Red Bulls. I don't remember, but, um, so there's a, there's a handful of teams that I think were given extra roster spots for that competition alone. Um, otherwise I don't, and I don't think, I don't think he's leaving. I agree with you. I'm just concerned about, or not concerned, questioning, the rules and if they're being adapted for those particular clubs and what they're being adapted for. 
The other one was Atlanta United. Ah, yes. Yes. Where were you? Yeah. Atlanta's roster is going to look really weird for the CONCACAF, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, you know, I'm thinking about, about these hashtags and, you know, like I said, I'm not saying that Cody and Ben are both leaving. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's a possibility. Um, just because of their performances this year, there's a possibility, and they're two. They both they have both proven that they can compete at a USL Championship level. Cody's shown Cody showed on his trial last year that he could compete at an MLS level. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if we lost both of them. I absolutely don't want it to happen, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if it did. Uh, but think you know thinking about these hashtags, uh, I'm going through and looking at you. You may actually get uh, one of your wishes, Jacob. Think, think about that. the hashtag excellence. Sammy Surge, I went to went to Xavier University. Excellence Xavier. I don't know. Maybe. It's a stretch, but it, but it's all that we can go up. I don't know. I don't know. Sammy, uh, personally, I think those six of the six that have not been named coming back, I think at least four of them come back. Um. Probably one of the keepers doesn't come back, and then Sergi or Najem, either of them, I don't, I don't think come back. But I think we get four of them back. So I'm not, I'm not super concerned about those ones. Um, the people that left, uh, I am a little concerned about. And if I look at the names, um, Wehan, Muhammad, Alinvi, Parks, Estrada, and Williams. Obviously, Wehan's the biggest departure. We know that. I think Parks is a fairly big departure um, because I love Dev to death, but going into a season with him as our only number nine scares the crap out of me. So who are some people that aren't with the club, haven't been with the club, that we can bring in? I think we've asked this question every week, but are there any new names that have popped up? I know we mentioned Herzog. I threw out Herzog in the in the group chat there. Um, I think he would be great. Um, it's hard. It's hard because I don't know who the other free agents are. It's really hard to come up with a comprehensive list of who's actually available. So I still stick to my last call. Um, being, um, Sergio Rivas. Yeah, I have his name here. And that I think anybody in New Mexico wants him to come. It'll just be, I think New Mexico United's probably trying to get that, make that happen too. I think it's going to come down to him and if he wants to come home or not. And because it's not, I know we, I don't really <laughs> say him because of the New Mexico ties. I mean, obviously that helps a lot. Right. Um, I say it because he can fill that Chris Weehan hole that we have. He could also fall back and play midfield. He could, he kind of like a Swiss utility knife a Swiss army knife where you could use them in both spots on the pitch um, to fill either hole that you, that you have. Yeah, it's hard. Like, because, you know, teams haven't really, haven't really finalized their rosters yet. Uh, USL website, it really isn't a huge help as far as that goes. One name that we've talked about in the past about having a possibility somewhere now I don't know if the club if our club is the, is the right place for him, but Junior Flemings. Oh, there's no way that happens. No I way. didn't. I wouldn't think so. But <laughs> just throwing. I mean, you're asking for names. I mean, just don't. He he is a proven quantity. He's no, proven I, he can I score. Mean, he would. He would. I think he would work well alongside Dev or you know Dev coming on as like seventy seventieth minute super sub or whatever for Flemings. But yeah, I just given the nature of of the community and the community outreach here, I don't see it happen. I think on the pitch, he's a fantastic fit. Um, I I would almost say that if we were to add him as far as the on-pitch product, assuming he blends in with every or melds with everybody that's actually on the active roster, I think we're we're at least a Western Conference semifinal team or a Western Conference final team, if not of the favorite to one of the favorites to get out of the Western Conference. But off the pitch, it just with what this community, what this organization has done with the community, especially the LGBTQ community, there's no way he they even look at him. I don't think. But 
yeah, it, it definitely is a name that that is thrown out there. I think we all think that he was destined for bigger things until the whole incident happened. So I mean, I'm I'm interested to see what happens to him. But I don't I personally don't think he plays for a USL squad this year. So you guys are both big on Facebook. Have there been any names thrown out on Facebook or in terms of a wish list or players that they would like to see? So there was a couple names. Um, so just a while ago, Jack Blake's name came up. Yes, yes, it did. Um, I know recently we've also talked about Jimmy McLaughlin coming up. And then there was that whole thing on on their page that he was signed with the with United. And I don't know. I think that's a done deal, personally. Um, some chats that I've had and with with uh, the USL website having him on there and everything like that, I, I think he's coming. And I looked up, I, I knew the name, but I didn't really, couldn't place him as far as what I had seen before and, and didn't know exactly what he did. So I did look him up a little bit and uh, I, I am excited about that. I am, I am pretty excited about that, especially if it's true and he actually does come. But um, the one that interests me that you just mentioned is is Blake. Um, he was he's been one of my favorite players for Monarchs the last two seasons. He is best buds with our very own Kalen Ryden. And if Kalen can get in his ear and be like, "Hey, this place is freaking awesome. Uh, we want you to come here," I could see that very easily happening. So. That one piqued my interest big time, and we'll have to see. Um, I I think I'd rather have Herzog. No, no, I wouldn't. I'd rather have Jack Blake because I can't stand Herzog. Um, I just think he'd be good for a goal scorer. But but Jack Blake just seems to be community oriented. He he's got the relationship with Ryden. He knows what we bring to the table as far as fans and and the play that we have, and I. I'm kind of sold on that one, guys. And I am too, um, mostly because he does have MLS experience. Um, he was with United for a little bit. Yeah, and he won the championship in USL with Kalen last year. I guess they're, are they still the reigning champions? Is that what we call them still, even though they had like the worst season I've ever seen? Technically. <laughs> <laughs> So he is a reigning USL champion still. And um and he he's a midfielder. We need midfield help, period. So so I think I think he'd be a great addition. We said Rivas, we said Herzog, we said McLaughlin. Um I don't know if I said this guy in the podcast last time. Um I think I might have, but I still wish Ish Joan would come. Um I know our back line is pretty pretty set, seeing as we brought basically everybody back, but I just think he would fit in so well um, on the outside opposite Suggs or uh, Najim. If we bring back Najim, him bombing up and and putting in crosses and and creating from that outside wing back spot, I I would love to see that. But I do think our bigger problem is who is he going to be sending those crosses to? If if either of you were holding out hope that uh, Rebellion was going to come, you can forget that he has re-signed with Smell Paso. Yeah, no. I, so I'm also I wasn't super, holding out. Bummed that old Yuma won't be coming over. Yeah, dude, he'd be likely to get punched by United supporters if he came here. If we ended up having a Yuma Juan Pablo Guzman midfield, I think Earl's head might explode. Like I think I think he would go postal. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Still, there's still a lot of stuff up in the air. I mean, it, again, you know, it, it's hard to know who's coming and going. USL is not open about their contracts. Uh, it, it, there's really nowhere to find any information at this point until clubs announce it. Um, so, yeah, it's I don't know. It, it's tough, and all we can do is, is uh, speculate and put our thoughts out into the ether, and hopefully that some of them actually you know do come true we get the players that we're looking at the players that we that we've got our eyes on but um yeah still as of now no new signings um i'm sure they've got someone in the chamber locked and loaded and ready to go i don't know what they're waiting for maybe like a christmas present 
for for the supporters. I don't know. Jacob, can you wait? Could you wait till Christmas Day to get a new signing? I'm going to have to. Like, I don't see it happening anytime soon. So, uh, my now all I'm doing is I'm checking Herzog and Blake and a few other names, uh, just checking their social media religiously to see if they announce that they're signed with somebody else because that's the only way I'm going to get any news on them until United figures out all the people that they're bringing back and we get all that sewed up and put a little bow on it so we can actually move on to the new signings. I just, I missed last year when we announced all the people coming back on October 30th. Like, why can't we do that? You know, like we've mentioned before, like the, the social team, you know, Lucas Cash, those guys, they, they know what they're doing. They've looked at the data. They've looked at the analytics. They've said, all right, if we give someone, if we give them someone like three, if we give a, a player like every other day, they're going to keep coming back and they're going to be begging us for more. And by the time we do have a new signing to announce, or once we get through all the old players first, then we'll start throwing out the new stuff. And it's going to be even bigger at that point. That's what I think. And so I think last year was like, all right, first season's in the bag. We know what we want to do going forward. And they, and they got, I imagine they got those deals done, either done quickly after the end of the season. So that they had the rest of the off season to prepare. But now again, with the extended off season, and everything else going on they're taking their time and you know they'll tell us when they tell us so yeah and it, and it is what it is it's it's fine i'm just i'm not out of the names of people that are coming back like tomorrow tomorrow i will passively keep an eye on it or wait for my phone and my watch to blow up because you guys start talking about it while i'm at work um and then I'll look and I'll be like, oh, okay, it's Tanari. Oh, okay, it's Mizell. Oh, okay, it's whoever. And then I'll go about my day. When it's a new, when it's going to be the like the first new signing, like they're going to announce it and I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to look up highlights and I'm going to research if I don't already know who he is. And I'm going to find stuff out and I'm going to think about how he's going to fit in with everybody else and kind of who left and who he's going to replace and what his best role is and this and that and the other. Like if they announce tomorrow that Tanari's coming back, I'm just gonna be like, okay, I know exactly what Tanari does. I've watched him play for a year. I'm good. If Mizell comes in, I'm gonna be like, okay, I've watched him play for two years. I know he's good. I know this is what he's good at. I know this is what he's gonna do. It's the new guys that really get me excited and really get me like like last year when they announced one at five oh five in the morning. Like I had an alarm set. I was up at five oh five. I figured out who it was. I spent 30 minutes figuring out or watching highlights and then I went back to bed or the one at midnight that they announced. I stayed up till midnight and then I found out who it was. So it's not that I'm, I understand why they're doing it. It's just the reason why they're doing it to get social media presence and stuff like that just doesn't, those don't do anything for me. Like what brings me to social media and gets me talking is going to be the new signings. Jake is all about that instant gratification. Speaking of instant gratification, I have good news um, for, I believe it was Earl that said goat heads were worse because the poll is goat heads by a mile. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Goat heads. Legos aren't fun, but goat heads are ridiculously painful. Goat head, goat head for sure. Goat head for sure. Um, goat head for sure. There's our, one our that own they Rachel goat Johnson. Head. Yeah. There was one that said they said heads in the Legos, so I counted that as a goat head count, a goat head vote. <laughs> that was my boy, John Clark. Uh, I love that guy. Um, we had one, only one, our boy, Andrew, um, who said, uh, oh, is there anything way. worse? What's that? He's one of our own still, by the way. Yes, yes, he is. Is there anything worse than a Lego first stepping on in the middle of the night? And the meme says landmine. So <laughs> I, I count that as a Lego one, but that is literally the only Lego one. Everything wow, that's kind of surprising. Some of it was definitely skewed towards the younger people without kids, but there are some, um, some with kids that still say go dead. And to be for, to for the record, I say goathead still too. All right, I guess I lost that on that poll there, but uh, 
pre uh, you know give uh give our thanks to everyone who who participated in that poll and if you're listening if you're here with us thank you so much for participating in that poll we would love to get you guys here in the chat with us um so be sure you know come join us on tuesday nights here on twitch you can be a part of the show uh we got you guys in here tonight uh as a for the facebook poll so look forward to seeing you guys um one last bit of news tonight um because i didn't really see anything else that really pertained to united uh came out i believe it was uh yesterday new mexico united has been named a founding partner of women in soccer a global movement aimed at elevating women within the beautiful game uh, so New Mexico United and Somos News Foundation are honored to announce their role as founding members of Women in Soccer. Um, and so from Chanel Weiss, uh, we are beyond excited to join women and allies across soccer to fight for positive change and representation within our footballing world. We have the power to make the soccer world one that represents and is accessible to everyone. That starts with advocating for women of all races, religions, identities, and statuses. We are honored to be a part of that fight within our community. Uh, so what women in soccer is going to do, they're going to, is, from what I understand, it's completely free to join. You can be a community member, an expert member, and, or ally member. And all of these memberships offer you an opportunity to connect using an inclusive language you know and love. Whether you're looking to work in the game personally or professionally, develop personally or professionally develop, grow your love of the game in a wider community, or support the movement for a more equitable soccer world, Women of Soccer is here to support you. Um, so, yeah, I think this is again the the club has been fantastic in their community outreach and their involvement with uh, LGBTQ, you know. Uh, women women involved uh women of my well, women of minorities i should say uh you know through the uh i forgot I just, the name the name i just lost the name um the the uh you guys help help me fill it in the the coaching plan or whatever it is oh um yes yeah i I, I just put space my name on it um so yeah i mean united has been fantastic and i think this is the great thing um i mean I don't know personally more than, you know, I can probably count on, you know, one hand, the number of females that I know that are either actively involved in soccer, whether, whether it's, uh, you know, participating, coaching, or even involved in like front office stuff. I mean, outside of the club or even in my personal life, um, how big of a reach do you guys feel that this is going to have? Um, and what do you think about the club becoming involved in, in this movement? I think it has a, a it'll have a a far reach, um, not immediately, obviously, but probably a season or two from now after they after they figure out actually what's going on with this with this project. Uh, yeah, we'll start seeing a lot more females um, in coaching positions, whether it's head coaching positions or even assistant coaching. Um, yeah, this will be a giant step for women to get into higher position. It just goes along with everything that they've done and everything they're about. And um, I don't know exactly what's going to come of it, but uh, I do believe that, that um, it'll help grow the game just like everything else that they're doing here in New Mexico. And, and not just that, but it, you know, they're, they're just a member in this much bigger picture for this women in soccer movement and it'll it'll get more women in soccer not only here in New Mexico but just as far reaching as this thing can grow to be okay yeah i mean obviously we're not women um <laughs> we're not you know uh, i don't think any of us would be considered for for this but uh if you are a female listener a female watcher here on the channel or to the podcast uh if you're interested in this please go check it out. Um, and if you do get involved, we would love to hear from you. Um, let us know uh, what exactly this is, um, what, uh, you know, what you're, what, what you're looking at uh, as far as participating or getting involved like front office or you know, whatever the case may be. We would love to hear from you, get your, get your takes on it. Uh, there is a website and more information over at New Mexico United, uh, MexicoUTD.com. So if you're interested, go check that out. Um, yeah, I mean, guys, I think that's about it for the, for these two weeks. So really, other than the signings, there really hasn't been a whole lot of news regarding the club. Uh, do you guys have anything? Yeah, there was one more announcement that came out. Oh, 
well, the club hasn't really announced it yet, but I do follow like City of Albuquerque um, just because of my job. So I do keep in tune with what the heck's going on. Um, the City of Albuquerque did vote 9-0 for CAA ICON to begin their feasibility study. Okay, that's very cool. I um, I hadn't seen that anywhere. I knew I knew that it was on the agenda a couple nights ago, but I did not hear whatever came of it. So, so that's good. I kind of already thought that they had cleared or voted for starting the feasibility study already, but um, but now anything that has to do with us getting our own soccer specific stadium is good in my book. Right. So I guess what the feasibility now is to see if Albuquerque really needs a soccer stadium. Like by definition, if they want to keep New Mexico United, then yes, they they have to have one or at least a plan for one in the next year. Otherwise, we're screwed. Yeah, which I think they will say yes. I can see them say no. Um, CAA icon has also feasibility. Uh, deemed other major cities feasible. I think they deemed Colorado Springs, I want to say. I think they're the same ones that did the new Widener field. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad this vote went in the favor. I don't know what um, yeah, what, what would really change between the fact that they've already said they were going to do a study and that one was done previously. You know, stating the, the city could do it. You know, the one from like 2014 or whatever it was. So I don't know. I, I don't know why this would necessarily need to be done again, but it's it, it's it's positive news. It, it's moving forward. Uh, and unfortunately, we all that we kind of missed you know, in bureaucratic language because um, honestly, I I honestly didn't even know that that vote was taking place. So um, that's good news. That's, that's good to hear. So maybe we'll know something here within next couple months about the stadium and location. Yeah, hopefully. I think uh I think that'll be huge when it does when it does finally come up. So I think that that is it for me as well. I I didn't really have anything else anything else there USL related. There's a bunch of stuff that we could talk about um getting off on tangents and talking about world soccer and this and the other, but um we don't have enough time for that because these these off-season ones are supposed to be short, and they're not really short. So uh, we're going to come at a, right around an hour on this one, so that's not too bad. But it's already going to be eleven, so I know that's three hours past Earl's bedtime. Actually, it's and four uh, hours past my bedtime. You oh wow, four, four hours! Right. Well, let's get you guys bedtime. out of here so your wives don't get too mad at me tonight. So we will probably have something for you in two weeks. Um, we know that there's going to be a the rest of the announcements of new sign or of returning players, um, whether we re-sign them or they already have contract or whatever. But uh, so we know there's going to be some more of those. Hopefully by then we have some new signings to talk about um, and more news on a stadium or something like that. Uh, otherwise it'll just be kind of very similar to what it was tonight. And maybe some of these bigger names will have signed with somebody else if they haven't signed with us and we'll have a chance to talk about that as well. So, you know where to find us on social media. We got the Facebook page, Somos News News. We've got Twitter, uh, Somos News News. We've got Twitter, um, Suncast on Twitter. We've got Seth on Twitter. Me and Earl are both on Facebook. Um, reach out to us. You can get a hold of us pretty easily through any of those outlets. Uh, come and watch the pod and listen to it on live on Twitch on Tuesday nights at 930, roughly. Um, you get to hear a little bit more if you do that. Instead of just downloading the pod, you can hear us talking about Among Us, and you can hear us talking about bees and um, all that and jazz. So they're horrible. Yeah, and you can come and chat with us live on the podcast. You can get your question read. Um, it's it's a good time. It's a good time. We have fun with it. We don't try to take it too seriously. We just kind of roll with the flow and and make sure we hit what we think you guys want to hear. So. Until next time, guys, um, somos niños, and everybody stay safe out there. You've been listening to Suncast, the official podcast of Somos Unidos News. 
All of our shows are recorded live from Albuquerque and Los Lunas, New Mexico, are written and produced by Seth Bidoff and Jacob Terrell, and are edited by Seth. Special thanks to Jeff, too, on YouTube for the music you hear in every episode. All episodes are recorded and edited using Clean Feed and Audacity. All of our shows are proudly hosted on Pinecast. <laughs>